0: means you can travel worry free. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.
1: Welcome into an emergency edition of the five reasons podcast. I don't believe we have done one of these since the Miami heat traded for Dwayne Wade, but we have another trade to talk about, but it surrounds the Miami Dolphins and it is the end of an era. Ryan Tannehill has finally been traded from the Miami Dolphins to the Tennessee Titans in exchange for a fourth round pick in 2020 and some six and some sevens uh, moving in various directions as well, but mainly that is the gist of the trade and uh, Ethan I'll just kind of start here uh, with my vantage point on this and uh, I just tweeted this uh, that you look at the Ryan Tannehill era Six years, 10 months, and 17 days since he was drafted, and it feels even longer than that. It feels uh, like it, like this has just sort of been a dark cloud hanging over the franchise for a long time, and that's harsh on Ryan Tannehill, and I, th- I think we should talk about that in this podcast, that I think the treatment of Tannehill in general has been harsh, uh, mainly because I think. When a franchise quarterback is expected um, and one is not delivered, that quarterback is going to feel the brunt of it from the fan base. But at the same time, I still think he, he's a capable NFL quarterback that I think will get work at another point in his career, but it just wasn't going to work here when the fans were expecting a franchise quarterback, and he's just not that. What was your initial reaction when you saw that Ryan Tannehill was traded?
2: Well, I, I think, you know, look, at long last, I think that fans can kind of just move out of that headspace, right? Like, I mean, this has been... I, again, this is nothing against Ryan Tannehill, and his toughness is to be admired, and that's what I tweeted. That's the first thing that comes to mind. He's a tough guy, and he played uh, through a lot of uh, issues early in his career that were caused by horrible, horrible offensive lines, um, You know, play callers that kept changing, schemes that kept changing, not really elite guys on the outside, all kinds of different issues, and look, plenty of excuses were made for him uh, during that period of time. But he played through, you know, sixty sacks a season for a little while, right? And then, and he never got hurt. He always played. And then he gets hurt at the time where he was playing his best. I don't know what his upside would have looked like. I don't know if it would have been top twelve. I don't believe it probably would have been. Although some of his metrics in the last few games before the knee injury in sixteen were kind of indicating that that was a possibility. But the reality is when he came back from the injury, uh, he was just too limited. And and a lot – so what started to happen was – A lot of his issues that we'd seen before got magnified, right? And then he couldn't do some of the other things that gave him a chance, like get out of the pocket, make some plays that way, and run those boots and all that other kind of stuff. So, But what I tweeted today, Chris, was I don't think there's been an athlete in South Florida history that's been talked about more, but really has less of a mark on South Florida. Like, you know, those two things. like. What is Ryan Tannehill's mark on South Florida other than keeping time at that position, right? Like, okay, he had one streak where he's completed a lot of passes in a row. There's a couple of games that come to mind uh where he, you know, he had some comebacks, but for seven years, man, like seven years and no no playoff, you know, victories. Maybe he would have gotten one, possibly I don't think so against the Steelers, you know, after the sixteen season if it had been him instead of Matt Moore, but I don't really believe that so I mean it's funny it's just like seven years and I'm, you know if you and I and this may be a little unfair but you know we do Dwayne Wade podcasts and there's 7,000 memories you're sorting through we'd have trouble getting a 10 with Pat <laughs> Hill and, and right I mean really and, and we've been talking about him forever like so much wasted breath and conversation and that's typically how these things work in sports you debate 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 and then somebody just gets released or traded for a fourth round pick and so so I guess to put a cap on the Tannehill era, it was sort of much ado about nothing, right? Like, I mean, yep. it's just, right? I mean, it's, it's, not horrible. It's the
1: worst thing that can happen, too, because it's it's a first-round pick quarterback, and this is why first-round pick misses at the quarterback position are so devastating, because, like you said, you talk so much about it. You talk so much about, can this player be the player that fixes uh, your, your problem at quarterback? And if he's not that, then it, it just sort of sets the – passage of time back I mean you think about what's happened in the intervening seven years it's been a whole lot of nothing like they made one playoff game and they lost it and he didn't even play in it and that's it and it's just such a giant colossal waste of time which is sort of get for me gets back to the tanking thing which is okay so you've just wasted seven years on this quarterback that you know not to be good enough and then people go well you can't Waste a year because it, th- that's antithetical to the to the existence of a sports fan. Every year should carry some meaning. I'm going well. The last twenty haven't meant anything, and so what right. is another year if it's towards the end product of finding one of these top of the draft quarterbacks that are that's actually going to create the change that Ryan Tannehill in theory offers as a top ten pick quarterback?
2: But right, but see, but one leads to the other here because the reason that some fans will be impatient about this. Is is because they just did wait around for 7 years for something to happen and nothing happened. Mm-hmm. Uh and so I mean everything with Tannehill was about, you know, it could be like the the argument for him was always it could be worse with someone else, right? Like that that's always been the argument. It's like I you know maybe he is not going to ever be great, but if you had somebody else in there and then the Cutler experiment kind of proved that, right? So I I think what happened there is that, you know, Dolphin fans kept looking, or some of them, some of them checked out on Ryan a long time ago, I mean, but a lot lot of them were kind of looking for that breakthrough, and we thought we saw it a little bit in 2016,
3: but again, I asked
2: that question, so where was that going? Like, was he going to be top 10, top 12, consistently top 15? I'm not really sure. But I feel like what's happened here is it's, it's like anything else in life. You have something in your life that's kind of okay, right? And you don't really want to take the risk of trying to get something that's better because you may end up with nothing. And I feel like that's how the Dolphins have operated. And I think the, the biggest black mark against the Dolphins and what they've done is not ever drafting any competition for their quarterbacks, and particularly these last seven years with Tannehill. And so it's one thing to draft a guy in the first round, but it's another thing over the next few years, do not draft anybody to compete with him and make sure you have the right guy. He got treatment that Tom Brady and Aaron Rodgers have not gotten in terms of the quarter- quarterbacks being brought into you know, Green Bay or particularly New England over the past few years to either become assets or eventually, maybe Brady's successor. The timing just didn't work out with Garoppolo, but you ended up getting a high pick for him. So I think that's the thing is we're looking around at what the Dolphins are doing now. You know, they're forced to pick a crappy quarterback by default now because they haven't had anybody waiting in the wings. How do you go seven years, okay? And Chris Greer is part of this organization. I mean, he's not totally exempt. I don't think he's totally responsible either because of about and others, but he was—he's not totally exempt. But how do you go? through 7 years and not have any when a guy is average or slightly above average and not have anybody waiting in the wings like where you and I are talking about the fact that you want to you have bad quarterbacks and so you want to play them so you lose more games like how does that happen exactly because that can never happen in this organization again
1: yeah and uh, you, the the um, the amazing thing is that i was looking this up um as you were talking and you, the history of the dolphins first round pick quarterbacks at the quarterback position uh, since 1970, since the AFL NFL merger, is two players: Dan Marino and Ryan Tannehill, and that's it. And right, and, and, and we're and we're sitting around going, well, why have, why has this organization had a problem with quarterbacks? They don't invest anything at in quarterback. They pin all their hopes on a, on one guy that they found, and if that doesn't work, you move on to the next guy. There is no broader plan. And yeah, I mean, and and Omar Kelly pointed this out on Twitter, you know, people saying that you know the quarterback depth chart as it stands is Jake Rudock and David Fales, uh, and. I think I think there's a real possibility that a rookie starts this year. Now it might not be a first round pick, but we need to see more youth at this position and a more constant cycling and and future planning, like you said, for you know taking a third round pick quarterback, a fourth round pick quarterback. But because every regime has come in and said, "Well, we'll just you know if we fix the linebacking situation, we're there. If we fix the secondary, we're there. And, and we're a playoff team. We're competing. And that's certainly the, the the mode in which Adam Gase operated and Nick Saban and Parcells. No one really has taken. Taken a step back and looked at that position and gone. What is our plan for the long haul? Uh, other than you know, obviously taking Ryan Tannehill in the first place, but uh, that long-term planning is just not there. And that is the one thing that I will say. It does appear that this new regime has is long-term vision about what this what this position is going to be because they are looking either at this draft or the following draft as their opportunity to fill this void. And and I commend them for it. But uh, I I do want to ask you one question, which is, and and this is funny to me because. Ted Ginn was considered a failure of a pick because they, they picked him in the uh-huh. top 10, and he has had what what I would say by any reasonable standard is an above-average career even at the draft spot at which he was taken, even for a top 10 pick right. because a lot of top 10 picks fail and a lot of ninth overall picks fail, and he's been in the league for more than 10 years, and he's had a role to play. He is an NFL player, just as I believe Ryan Tan.
3: Support for this podcast and the following message come from Corient.
1: And he even exceeds expectations for the eighth overall pick. Again, that sounds crazy, but you look at, so here is, you know, some players since the year 2000 that have been taken in the top 10 of the NFL draft to the quarterback position. Jamarcus Russell, David Carr, Sam Bradford. Um, I guess um, Carson Palmer, I guess you can say is, is decent enough. Uh, Alex Smith was taken number one overall, a good player. Robert Griffin, the third, you have Blake Bortles, three, Joey Harrington, three, Vince Young three, Mark Sanchez, five, Byron Lefwitz, seven, Jake Locker, eight, Blaine Gabbert, 10, Matt Leinert, 10. I mean, there is a lot of failure in the top 10 of the draft. And again, for me, the ultimate uh, tombstone on this era is, was a a decent player, right? An NFL starting quarterback, in my opinion, should be one of the 32 starters in the league based off of talent. And yet he is not the guy you would want leading your organization. And that is kind of the tombstone, not just on Tannehill's era with the Dolphins, but for me, what it's going to end up being at the end of his career. He's the guy that, you know, Cleveland goes and signs Tyrod Taylor last year in the hopes that Baker Mayfield will displace him, and he did. That is Ryan Tannehill's future for me, is he is a starter, but never the starter you'd want to have on your team.
2: Well, because the intangibles were never there, right? So, You know, it was always a joke about playing receiver, but, but there was something to it because the quarterback position, those who play quarterback growing up, they develop certain leadership skills. That's how they sort of elevate. And I I'm not sure. I mean, Ryan had the toughness thing at the leadership by example, but some of the stuff that came out this week and frankly, that I'd heard through the years, you know, of other players on the team, just not impressed by him. Right. Like, and, and and the one thing you remember for him speaking out was him trashing practice squad players. Remember that? Like that, yep. and he like, and, and that's not to say he's a bad guy or anything like that. He did a lot of work for the community behind the scenes. I think he was cordial with the media. He never said anything interesting, except like, this, you know, that, you know, there were a couple of occasions, but for the most part over seven years, he did not have, you know, more than a couple of memorable press conferences and so I, I just think we're at, we were at a stage with him where it's just, you're just in, in, in an indefinite holding pattern. It's like the example I would set is like you, you basically, you landed the plane, right? But they, they won't bring it into the gate. You know, mm-hmm. so you're sitting there on the tarmac for 45 minutes, you know, calling your family members as you're rescheduling lift rides and taxis, because they won't just bring you into the gate. Like the Dolphins never brought this thing into the gate. It's just sat there for seven years and with nothing else, like get a toe or something, or, or you know, <laughs> at the very least, just draft the quarterback in the fourth freaking round. I yeah. mean, just somebody like, you know, not Brandon Dowdy. Okay. Somebody, that's going to compete with him but they treated him with kid gloves all these regimes and and if you have to treat your quarterback with kid gloves or you can't give him competition right like he's not the right guy then because that that position requires a certain competition isn't is, isn't the
1: moment in a game that encapsulates that the Colts game where they they don't trust yes. him with their own third down
2: yes that was the moment of Ryan Tannehill's dolphin career to me that was that was Adam Gase basically saying i don't trust this guy and the other and look, I'm not saying Gates is perfect. You know my feelings about him, but I, I do think there were other things going on behind the scenes. I think now we can speak to it. You know, Chris Kaufman, T.K. Parrott, you know, and I had many conversations about sources he spoke to said the Dolphins in Tannehill last year just did not. Again, this is not the first time they did not agree on the uh, the recovery process. Um, not that Ryan was shirking it, but that Ryan and his family, his wife believe in this holistic stuff and that there was constant conflict on that and that played into some of what we saw last season but look I give Ryan credit for coming back I give him credit for trying at the end of the season but he was horrible he was just really bad I mean you know ex- ex- except for the Miami, Miami Miracle game. game well the Miami Miracle yes you're right absolutely The Miami Miracle game is doing that he was very very good you're right okay even if you take out the last play he was very good but some of the other games I mean you, can, you mentioned the indie game that was atrocious the Cincinnati game a little bit earlier in the season. I know he was hurt in that game, so it might be a little bit unfair. But just so many of these games. I mean, the games against the game against the Patriots. That was that was the sign early in the season. You know, the one up there. That was a sign early in the season. All right, this is just not going to happen, right? Like, I mean, you were giving Ryan a little time. I think it was week three. They were two and zero, and he goes up there and just played a horrible, horrible game. And and so could he show flashes? Yes. Um, do I agree with you that he can be a starter again, but well, potentially one of the 32 best, I guess. Um, I mean, certainly certainly his numbers show it, but I, I don't think he becomes a starter again, unless it is, you know, sort of a hand holding role for a rookie where he's a stopgap guy. He's going to become, you know, Chad Henney, uh, which is another sad story. Uh, I think he's a little better than Henney. Uh, and he's going to become Josh McCown or any of these. He's Ryan Fitzpatrick, right? The guy that you bring in, as you said, with the intention of replacing. And it's just when that is what you wasted your time on for seven years, I, you know, I we won't revisit it much more after this. But it's just, it, it's, it embodies what's been a very dull sort of, frustrating era of Dolphins football I mean even you know the guy who gets criticized so much you know and the numbers are not as good as Tannehill's so although the game was a little different but Jay Feeler had some leadership qualities that won over that room okay like he was even they bring in an AJ Feely, you know trade draft picks for him coming off four and one with Philadelphia and the key players in those Dolphin teams the Zach Thomases the, the you know Sam Madison's Pat Sertan's Jason Taylor, they went to bat for Jay, okay, because Jay had some of those qualities. Ryan, I, I don't know. It just never really materialized. He was very robotic, um, and then you would always hear stories, particularly from receivers who left the organization, of just not – him just not being the guy. Doesn't mean he can't be a guy somewhere, but he can't be the guy, mm-hmm. and I think that's where the Dolphins got caught up.
1: All right, uh, last one before uh, we sign off here, best guess – what it doesn't have to be a player or a name. What is the profile of the player that is starting opening day for the Dolphins in 2019?
2: Well, I think now it's going to be. I I think, I think it's going to be one of these journeymen they have on the roster now. I, I, wow. I it could be it could be a third or fourth round pick. I guess. I mean, I I don't see the risk in that. Again, if you have some compensatory picks, you got more to play with. So, why not take a quarterback in the middle rounds and hope you find a Kirk Cousins type who becomes your guy when you weren't expecting it? And and so, you know, you give it a year. You know, I know other teams have tried this and, and, and it's worked for them. And, and so, maybe that I, I just don't see who the veteran is. I mean, are they really going to bring in Blake Bortles? I mean, what is the message that's sending? Me? Like, I mean, that's, I mean, he's worse than Tannehill, right? I mean, so. What, that might be what the point, though. Like, Right, but but that's such a horrible point. Like, if you're going to do that, then just start. Yeah, and and, and of, it's, it's to start an unknown,
1: stuff. right? Start an unknown. That's more interesting.
2: Right. I mean, I mean, right. It's more interesting and has more I potential. Mean, how are you going to sell? Right, like Teddy Bridgewater. I, I get he's local. They could have sold that. Okay. I mean, it, it would have it wouldn't have been an easy sell, but it could have been. Teddy's got some upside. His career was sort of starting to take off a little bit and then he got hurt and he's local he's a lifelong dolphin fan you know this is an organization that has been much better about diversity here and you bring in a black quarterback to play for black head coach and a black gm and a black offensive consultant and all the rest of those things I mean it it could have been sold I guess I don't know how you sell Blake Bortles I mean I mean you can imagine the reaction to that what that's going to be I mean I, I guess it could be McCown I mean that's Chris Kaufman's prediction it could be uh, Fitzpatrick, but if it's Bortles, I, I mean, what are you going to say at that press conference? We think that, you know, he has more, you know, he gives there, us the best more chance to win. For growth. Yeah. I, I mean, I know he went to the AFC Championship game, but I mean, he was not the reason for it. I, I just, I had one game in the playoffs that was terrific, but. Ryan had really good games. I mean, you can have really good games, but can you have really good games consistently? So I guess to, to put a bow on this, um, I, I just think, you know, as we look at it, it's good that the Dolphins fans can move on now uh, and know, because I was starting to see some of this on Twitter. Like, would you, would you bring Ryan back? Like, no, that's enough. Okay. It's enough. Mm-hmm. Uh, <laughs> you know I mean
1: to me that would have been the worst possible outcome and for me uh, my prediction it'll be a rookie I think they'll draft someone uh, not in the first round because I don't think any of the first round guys you'd want are going to be there but I think someone post first round uh, they'll give a chance to start an opening day and maybe he's Russell Wilson and maybe he's Cody Kessler he's gone in a year and uh, you find your guy in 2020 I think a rookie will start a quarterback uh, for the Dolphins in 2019 with the hopes of maybe getting someone better in 2020 more on that obviously as a free agency rolls along if the Dolphins make any signings or if any major things happen you'll hear it from us here on the five reasons sports podcast again check out three yards per carry as well covering all the same things and thanks for listening to the emergency edition of the five reasons sports podcast
0: you know how to book flights and hotels all you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive that's why you need Viator